Hermione Granger and the Perfectly Reasonable Explanation Chapter 4 Interlude Introductio Concertandus Minerva McGonagall, Transfiguration Professor and Deputy Headmistress of Hogwarts, took a moment to centre herself. The first meeting with the parents of the Muggle-born student was always a delicate process. She had to undo decades of successful ministry secrecy efforts, but gently enough to avoid presenting a poor impression of wizarding society. She made some minute adjustments to the drab muggle dress she'd transfigured for the occasion, brought the family's proper names to mind to be sure she remembered them, then knocked firmly three times. After a moment, the door swung open, revealing a brown-haired woman in her early thirties. Ah, you must be Professor McGonagall. Please do come in. We're almost ready. She's here, the woman added, calling over her shoulder back into the house, then held the door and stepped aside. The witch entered hesitantly, a bit nonplussed. Mrs. Emma Granger, she verified. Yes, it's lovely to meet you, said the woman with a smile. Er, likewise, of course. I was under the impression that your family was... That is to say, that you did not... Oh, yes, we're muggles, the brunette interjected, pronouncing the word carefully with mild amusement. That charming Professor Flitwick explained a great deal when he was kind enough to visit on Wednesday, the woman continued cheerfully. McGonagall's right eyelid twitched, and her left brow rose as if it were counterbalance. Did he know she said in a tone that would have set alarm bells ringing for any of her students, but which entirely escaped Miss Granger's notice. By all rights, Minerva should have been grateful to have had the tricky part handled for her, and apparently quite well if Mrs. Granger's attitude was any indication. But she'd spoken to Phileas only yesterday, and he hadn't mentioned visiting the Grangers at all. Though he had been smiling a great deal, she recalled. Yes, actual magic in our Hermione is one of the rare few who get a chance to learn. We always knew she was special, of course, but we had no idea. She trailed off and turned as a man and a young girl came down the stairs into the foyer. Mr. Granger was equally nondescript as his wife, but the child's eyes were as bright and alive. The professor felt them examining her a bit more thoroughly than she was accustomed to, particularly from a student, and a suspicion began to blossom. Professor, this is my husband Daniel, and of course Hermione. This is Professor McGonagall, she said to the others, completing the introductions. Good afternoon, McGonagall offered warmly. I'm pleased to meet you, though I understand you had more warning of my arrival than the official letter... The girl looked a bit abashed. I'm sorry, Professor. I know the letter said that a representative would be coming to answer all of our questions, but I just needed to understand. And when the library didn't help, I called several ministerial departments asking about Hogwarts. Professor Flitwick said he had a friend in the Obliviator headquarters who let him know about incidents of a certain sort. I suppose I ought to have waited. At once, the situation became more clear. She'd thought such poaching behaviour had passed from Hogwarts with Slughorn's retirement, but clearly Phileas had been keeping an eye out for potential new house members. 
and if she were to be completely honest with herself, Miss Granger's approach did have a rather Ravenclaw feel to it. You could not have known, of course, Miss Granger. Your initiative was commendable, and I am sure no lasting harm was done. Certainly not, if Phileas had learned via an obliviator. Though I trust, during his visits, Professor Flitwick stressed the importance of secrecy from this point forward when it comes to muggles other than your parents, she asked, archly. The girl nodded, and her parents echoed the gesture. All of them wore slightly differing versions of a similar expression, one that said they were eager to follow the letter of every law and had nothing but respect for authority, but were nevertheless a bit uncertain about policemen who could erase people's memories, which was as it should be. And now that she'd regained her footing, so to speak, Minerva felt more comfortable taking the meeting back into hand. I take it, then, that you've decided to accept the invitation and I shall be escorting you to Diagon Alley to obtain Miss Granger's materials. More nods. Yes, said Hermione's father. We simply couldn't see her passing up what's apparently such a rare opportunity, and of course Hermione herself is quite keen on the idea of attending. Though we did have some questions Professor Flitwick thought better addressed to someone in the administration proper... You are deputy headmistress, yes? Minerva nodded, one eyebrow edging skyward again. Well, continued Mr. Granger, wilting slightly under her stern expression, it's just the books on the list, they're all about magic. We'd wondered about uh, normal things, mathematics, literature, science, languages. Even history here, it says a history of magic. McGonagall waved a hand somewhat dismissively. This was a relatively common question from the parents of Muggleborns. It is understood that a student should have received sufficient instruction in reading, writing, basic arithmetic and etiquette at home, or in the compulsory system in the case of Muggleborns, before enrolment at Hogwarts. Any deficiencies in those areas will be quickly addressed by individual professors as needed in the student's first year. As for Hogwarts' core curriculum, it has been providing witches and wizards with a sufficiently broad education to produce generally productive members of society. She had her doubts about the prospects of the Weasley twins as well as preparation for advanced careers for quite a few centuries. Her tone was not defensive, but merely a matter of fact. That said, beginning in students' third year, they may add a number of elective subjects to their schedule, which do include adithmancy, she tilted her head a bit forward the here and emphasised the word, as if correcting his use of the term mathematics, Muggle studies, which includes both Muggle history and literature, and in later years touches on Muggle science as well, and a number of foreign languages, both modern and ancient. Mr. and Mrs. Granger rushed to assure her that they hadn't meant to impugn the quality of Hogwarts education, and of course that all sounded fine. Hermione was always taking on extra work at school, so they were sure she'd be kept busy, etc., etc. 
The girl herself remained silent, though her own eyebrow rose at the mention of arithmancy, and she seemed to grow thoughtful after listening to the description of muggle studies. After establishing that there were no further questions for the moment, Professor McGonagall continued. Well then, if you would kindly make your way to the Leaky Cauldron, 113 Charing Cross Road in London, by whatever method you would prefer, I shall wait upon your arrival there. I ask your forgiveness for not accompanying you for the entire journey, but I make it a personal policy to avoid muggle conveyances wherever possible. She apologised with a tiny shudder. Oh, and do bring at least... She withdrew a small parchment from her handbag and consulted it. Fifty pounds of muggle money, which should be sufficient for Hermione's basic supplies, though you may wish to bring more for her other purchases, or if you wish to provide your daughter with spending money for the year. You will have to get it exchanged first thing, of course, but the shops there will not accept, uh, cards, so I would advise erring on the side of excess in this matter. Excuse me, Professor, began Hermione, but how will you be getting there? Minerva regarded her for a moment. The young lady had the curiosity of a Ravenclaw, to be sure, but there might be courage there as well. While she was very respectful, she did not seem at all intimidated by authority. Phileas will just have to wait and see, won't he? Minerva thought with a small smile. Expeditiously, she said, and disapparated.